Thank you, Bad Mary, for that too sweet playing. Welcome back, all you four-color funny book aficionados. This is U.S. Comics Cast, HQ for all things comic book related. We are John and Charlie Rivera, co-founders of U.S. Comics. Charlie, happy comic book day. Happy comic book day to you, big brother, and Ooh. happy comic book to uh, comic book day <laughs> to all of you. Make sure you put down those funny books and make sure you like, comment, and subscribe to the audio or the video version. I don't care. Pay those bills. Yeah, seriously, help us out. But Charlie, I want you to do me a personal favor right now. Oh, okay. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to imagine you had all the money you ever wanted at the push of a button. The power to control law enforcement, politicians at the highest levels, the judicial system as a whole, to have what you want, when you want it, whatever it is. All you have to do is kill someone before they kill you. It looks like you'd be shockingly okay with it, but now I want you to imagine that the mind that conceived of something that Bat shit crazy is here with us right now in this podcast. Charlie, bring him in. Steven, what is up, my brother? How we doing, boys? Oh, so good. So, so good. Thank you so much for joining us, my dude. I got to tell you the truth. Uh, right off the very freaking bat, for anyone who does not know about the Circle series of books, you are missing out. You need to rectify that damn situation right now because Mr. Stephen Galgon is the author of said series of literary goodness. Dude, thank you so much for taking the break to come on our stupid ass podcast. <laughs> no, I'm dead. Thank you for having me, guys. It's great. Should I be concerned with how quickly Charlie was ready to go? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Be, be very concerned. Um, if you have any kind of like legal representation, please throw me a, a reco because I know <laughs> I'll be the first phone call when that shit comes through. <laughs> but um, I mean, you had me at like money wealth <laughs> i don't even need to like run government charlie said uh yeah you had me at close your eyes all right yeah, man, <laughs> fuck it, let's do it so that works that works too too freaking good uh and i i do want to say this and we're gonna get into the lucky uh the lucky happenstance of us meeting uh mr galgon if you're nasty. our meet cute one might argue yeah, damn straight damn straight <laughs> but i i do have to say that um much like the work of J.R.R. himself. <laughs> wow. I absolutely love when you have the opportunity, when a, a concept strikes you so so quickly, they're like, yeah, fuck, I'm going to read all that shit that's out there. When you have the opportunity to, in essence, binge books, because these two books are, are two in a series, uh, to have the opportunity to read them back to back, it's just like throwing on freaking... Sandman and just sitting there until you you know you you literally can't stay awake anymore. I tore through these, um, just absolutely awesome. So I I, I want to jump, uh, I want to jump kind of right in with it, and I'm sure I'm I'm positive that you get this question constantly. <laughs> Where the <laughs> fuzzy hell did this concept 
come from? And you know what? I'm going to leave it to you, Stephen, also, because you are the obvious expert. Um, do me a favor, be, even before I, I jump the gun a little bit, and Charlie, intercede, because I get super geeked up about writers. Um, do me a favor, give give the, the viewers and the listeners kind of like the, uh, the, the $5 tour of the concept of your series of books for us. Sure. So, I mean, the original book, the first book, The Circle, was was uh, it follows one specific character uh, and his unwilling initiation. Thank you uh, into into this organization called The Circle. And it kind of exists beneath the surface of you know, every country in the world. You know, it's you know packed with the wealthy and the super powerful who have over time grown you know tiresome of how easy their lives have gotten. So back in the day. Uh, they met together and decided that in order to bring excitement and value and worth back into their lives, that they needed something beyond the financial. And that was, you know, the thrill of the hunt, but not the hunt of game, but the hunt of one another. And they kind of mutually decided that this is what we're going to do. We're going to hunt each other down. I got to tell you, man, monsters right and left for me, first and first, mostly, I don't like you uh, categorizing some of my favorite characters out of fiction to monsters because one thing so i'll i'm barely literate getting me to sit down and focus for for anything that isn't shiny is a real ordeal and i have to say that's something that i think the circle did really really kind of beautifully for me the vibe i got was like almost john wickian in it's trying to shoehorn a vibe into every conversation. I really do. I just get me, my, give me my fancy vest. The 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 thing I kind of dig is we have a very cool central character that obviously you put a lot of work in, but something we strive for uh with, with our kind of funny books is to make sure that every character almost kind of leaps out. And you're like, well, I want to know about this cat. I want to know. And you did a really great job of giving us kind of just enough of everyone in this as I've, I've only gotten through the first book so far a, a, a literal i believe the literary term is a shit ton of characters there are <laughs> that, so many characters that's the official like, terminology shit. Yeah. but again the, the the book absolutely absolutely flies it pops man uh, it pops. so so i i think one thing that's really great and if you look at even a quick look at the reviews for the circle they're fantastic uh and i i would say maybe maybe out of all the reviews i read only five or six mistook it for the netflix reality tv uh. show so they were real confused <laughs> charlie by knew the, two of yeah. those people <laughs> by He's the like, that, that was, Who that was your... devastating to me when that series came out yeah, it was maybe about a like a month or so after i published and I had no idea, you know, I, I don't pay attention to stuff like that. I'm not into reality TV, so I don't really know that that's out there. All of a sudden, their show comes out, and I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. What, they're going to think that's this. So I started kind of writing on all the Twitter postings and, and all the Instagram postings about the circle. I'm like, hey, wait, no, if you like the show, check out my book. And I did that so many times. <laughs> I, got, I got shut down on social media, and they uh, said, you're, you're spamming people. I'm like, oh, come you, on. You well, should have been like, no, we're different because mine is actually good. <laughs> and uh fill in the blank yeah yeah i mean People. i'm hoping you just get a I'm fat done. check from netflix to buy out the, <laughs> yeah, the we, we could we could rename the just the book. just hit it the old for deposit only stamp and it'll never trace back <laughs> to you it's fine steve um, is there something oh, yeah. is there is there did you approach this like when you were doing your 
second draft or third draft. At some point, did you make a decision that you wanted this to be, like John said, so bingeable? It really does. Once it catches pace, the first book's relentless. Like <laughs> the the it brought me back to kind of this sounds insane, but it did feel like binging a series. One more chapter. One more chapter. Oh shit, one more chapter. And that's I don't think that's a universal desire. Did you approach this project being like, I want it to I want it to fly. I want it to fly. I want it people to be kind of burning their hands off. Was that was that intentional or was that a side effect of the story itself? I, you know what? I love that question. It's a great question. The original story of the circle came from yeah, ch chalk one up. Uh, the, the circle originally was a screenplay. That was really? I went I, I went to school to be a filmmaker and a film editor and all that. So for a screen, well, the, the technically the idea of the circle came even before this hard uh, started. Um, but it started as a screenplay for a screenwriting course that kind of evolved into what I was hoping to be a 120 page screenplay. Um, this, wow. the, the story of the circle That's goes. That's why I like it so much. Yeah, my brother. I, it makes fun of me all the time yeah. because genuinely, far more than books, I will read different drafts. That, of like different script drafts of films I like. That's that's not why I'm making fun of you, dude. Oh yeah, I can pull the list out if you if you want. He's got it ready. That's um, incredible. But, yeah. First of all, and and I think I, I forgot to say, thank you for that statement. Uh, one of the things that when I finally sat down to convert the screenplay into a novel was I looked at the types of books that I like to read, and the types of books I like to read are action packed. They're short you know uh you know consumable chapters where you know they come to natural conclusions but then they don't you want to keep going not because you want to because the story needs you need to know more not because well it's late i'm going to stop i want you staying up late i want you that invested in what's happening either oh, yeah. to the characters or in the setting around it that it just keeps going so that screenplay which when i decided to turn it into a novel which is 2007 when i just when i started that whole process it was well, all that stuff I wanted to do and say for all these little smaller characters, the, the, the characters I know you're talking about were, were blips on the radar in the screenplay. But I really got to get some backstory between, you know, what happened, how they got to where they were. Were they of the rich and powerful or were they, you know, recruited for their skill? So I was able to really dive in. And, and for me, that was great as, as a creator. And I, I hesitate to call myself an author. I know I'm an author, but I always think myself. <laughs> I mean, as, as, I've got two very good yeah. uh, confirmations of that right in front of me. <laughs> I uh, I call myself a storyteller, but yeah. So as an author, you want people to to be that invested, and I want those characters to have more than just two dimensions, and they they needed that. So I was glad that I was yes. able to pull that out. So so now that all being said, I, it always interests me when I read uh, when I read any piece or or like a body of work uh, of an author that I particularly like. I'm instantly fascinating just as much. Uh, about the creator themselves so as we established that there's a there's a multitude of characters and i know in the first one i mean we're 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 in essence seeing this world through like our prism to see this world defined is through doug so uh but my question for you though is this everyone's got one what what character do you have in there that is like well this this is fucking me. Like, who, who's the autobiographical <laughs> cat just, like, walking through this world of your creation? Or I, I'll, I'll give you a, the ability to slip off the hook. 
is it a combination? But then I'm going to add the caveat. Okay, well, combination of who? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the, I mean, in theory, all of them, right? Because they had to come from from. Damn it, Charlie! I forgot that frame, option. But... Son of a bitch. He hit D. All of the above. <laughs> yeah, all of the above. Uh, but I mean, to be honest, when I started writing this book, I was a 26 year old guy, and Doug is a 26 year old guy. So I was. I was seeing, I, I want everybody to see it through my, I was Doug because what in the hell would I do? I don't have sure, Doug's sure, you know, sure. skills or his hunting prowess or any of the things he's got going for him. Um, but I do have the, what was going on with my life aspect of where I was at the time. So I was give Doug some, give myself, give Doug some excitement and let's see what he does with it. Fuck yes, man. And that's and I, fucking awesome. I got to say the truth too. It's all too often you will see, I guess it's true, really, in all in all formats of of uh, you know of writing, whether it's for a book or eventual screenplay, or certainly for a comic book. We know very well, um, you're gonna have that character that ushers the, the 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 readers, the viewers, what have you, through that world that's that's alien to them. Like, well, what the, what the fuck am I looking at? And yeah. it's always very helpful, if not required to have a character <laughs> that's going through that exact same thing because in essence the answers are coming to both the character and the audience at the same time You're like oh thanks a lot doug i appreciate <laughs> you clearing that up for me um i hate I, that that's how you read you're like thank you doug i'm like just mm -hmm. in the margins Taking just notes. they're old friends love it's 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 literally everything i read it's like there's a a, quiz, a pop quiz coming up at any moment I'm like oh you're not gonna catch me unprepared um, but, you know, I find it very interesting that this project, that this, you know, this series, um, that it did start as a, as a screenplay because, you know, we're in the, the age of adaptation and yeah. um, the conversations are, are so, they're like, it's like visceral fucking, you know, conversations that are had between sometimes people who don't even know each other and they're choking each other out. Um, yeah. But I mean... In, in, a, in, a, in a perfect case scenario, you see an adaptation. Um, we're, we are seeing the best, I think, and worst of both features and series. So, uh, you know, we have the opportunity. We have our opinions, but if you had your druthers, would you prefer to see your work adapted as a, a long-form series, like on one of the streamers or, or, you know, whomever? Or would you prefer... A sit your ass down, throw the popcorn in your face feature, like a proper <laughs> summer blockbuster feature. I mean, either one is perfectly fine for the record out there. <laughs> you if anybody's out there listening the and I say the opposite, <laughs> I still want yeah, you this, to come contact this me. This is not concrete. This is just, you know, this is a best case scenario. A series if of two shorts. Like... Max, if, you, if you're watching this from, you know, Disney Plus, I, I still want you. No matter what I say, <laughs> I not, want you. Yeah, we're not taking anybody off the table. <laughs> but um, originally, like I said, screen, uh, screenplay for a movie, that was what this was. So if you asked me back in 2002 when I wrote my first draft of the screenplay, yes, I'm saying movie. Now that I've been able to really develop each of those characters, it's a series, like as far as I'm concerned. And, you know, now that there's a second book, there's actually more to it. At the time, with one book, you really can only do so much. The second book, really, I think, further along, there's a lot of backstory in, in book two, um, that kind of, the, you know, the history of, of where it all comes from. Um, so with the two pieces there and my short story, there's definitely enough content to make a full series. So if anybody's out oh, there and wants yes. to go ahead and do that, Get you us can some, find me. 
some of those fat movie checks. Steve, is it when you open up a story, when you open up a world like you did, taking it from the screenplay format to this, this this great kind of first installment, when you moved on to to legends of the circle was there a trepidation when you are staring at that blank screen and you have that little cursor dot are you like why am i gonna fucking blade am i gonna blade to this shit or am i gonna blade (laughs) trinity this shit and like charlie will like it but no one the fuck else will what is that thought process because because Again, I'm going to call you what you self-identified as, a creator. Creators create. That's fucking all well and good. Except at some point, someone's going to read that shit. Yeah. And if it's not able to live up, that's something you may not discover until you're done writing it. Yeah. What was that process like? Take me from blank screen... I imagine there were already reviews for the circle. Again, as far as I'm sure you have bookmarked and you have your list of people to prove wrong that maybe didn't love it as much as John and I, but overwhelmingly positive reviews. Now you're going for you're going to fucking morons. The second (laughs) the second bite at the apple. Was that just fucking scary? Did you just have the story? Walk me through that kind of decision and that execution. Yeah, so first of all, that's two for Charlie. That's a fantastic <laughs> question. God damn it, Steve. <laughs> so score score Woo! two for Charlie. Oh, bitch. And He's it is a contest. Impossible on Thanksgiving. He's going to be impossible. <laughs> uh, first of all, 100% trepidation. Um, the Circle self-publishing was a bucket list item for me. It was always, well, I've got this story. I said I was going to do it, so let's do it. Uh, and then it came out and it was, you know, my friends and family bought it. They shared it with their friends. And I got a couple of sales, you know, in the beginning. It wasn't until I started to really kind of hard press some of those Instagram re- uh, reviewers. Uh, I, I, you know, dabbled in TikTok and Twitter for a little while. But I really I kind of just centered in all my information on Instagram uh, and the community of, of Bookstagram just kind of embraced this the circle as this indie that you need to look out for and it started to take off and then i started to get reviews and then the requests for what happens next started to come from them and it was the most flattering like the most humbling and flattering moment all at the same time like okay people really care about this book and this world and they want more i i guess i have to give it to them then we flashed to that blank screen. It's like, well, am I going to let them down? Because I've got, you know, in, in my back pocket, you know, three, almost 300 positive reviews for my book, you know, that I self-published, which is not a lot in the grand scheme of things. But for somebody like myself, who's done it all himself and marketing and publishing and, and advertising and all of it, I'm doing it myself. So for almost 300 people to say, hey, that's a pretty good book. Yeah, that's man. a big step for me. Put 300 so how people do I... in a room and that room is packed out. You're like, holy shit, look at all <laughs> yeah. people. Yeah, that's a great way to think about it, too. If they were all in one place, you'd need to get another place because yeah. you can't fit them all. You're not going to um, find parking, I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I don't want to let them down. So I sat down with the blank screen and the cursor and I just started typing, um, an initial idea. I'm not, I'm not a person that outlines. I'm a person who will outline and then 
lose the outline and just start over. So I don't even bother with the outlining anymore. So I just kind of write what comes to me. And the original plan for Legends of the Circle was to follow uh, in the kind of in the in, in and I'm not at all comparing myself to Francis Ford Coppola as I say this. <laughs> But the way Heck. the Godfather 2, the, the second Godfather, the way that story was told both in the past and in the present and separate scenes, yeah, my so idea so. for that was to go back and forth between what happened before and what's happening to Doug now. And before I knew it, I had 300 pages of what happened before. And I was like, well, I guess I have to just go with this because this is the story that's coming naturally to me. And that's the story that I want to tell. And I got the, the brand new characters and and their history. And, and, and John, I know you know what happens to a few of them. And, and that's leading to a book three where that all kind of oh, comes together. But Which, the fear, uh... you know, my, my Instagram handle, the circle is real. You've got the title, the circle is real. The fear was real as I sat down to do it <laughs> because, you know, as you, you can plainly see, it's not getting the reception the circle did. And I put my onus on myself for that because I'm not, you know, beating down doors and, and hitting it as hard as I was with the circle. My life got much more complicated, believe it or not. COVID really helped book sales <laughs> because no one could go anywhere. Yeah. So people were on their phones and they were getting Amazon shipments of books and they were on their Kindles. So I was able to just kind of interact with those people a whole lot easier than I am now. Now I'm back to work. My kids are back to school. Everybody that's out on the Come internet on, is back to work. Come on, new variant. Come on. No. There's is not a lot bad? of people out there. Not a lot of uh, people out there rooting for monkeypox, but I'm really I'm a big supporter on, right now. <laughs> monkeypox move 400 <laughs> units. Uh, Steve, uh, just because in the in the kind of following in someone like Francis Ford Coppola's footsteps, which one of your kids is going to ruin the adaption of uh, book three? <laughs> did, you, did you choose one of them to fuck it all up? No, just, none of my children are Fredo just yet. Yeah, there's no Fredo. <laughs> oh, you mean, oh, you mean, you mean Sophia. I don't fucking mean Fredo, bro. You mean I Sophia, mean a, okay, okay. I mean a wonderful director and a dog shit almost everything else. Yeah. I apologize to the human. Sophia is watching this podcast, she's like, I'll direct, you know what? Fuck Charlie. No, I'm not going to direct this. Well, Dude, John, Sophia, fun fact, let's welcome to the show, yeah, I'm Sophia with you, Steve. I'm with you, my friend. <laughs> Um, no, no, it, <laughs> you know, it, and it, you raise a very, very interesting point. Thank I, you. I, let, no, not you. Oh, um, I was just, you know, assumed what, I was hitting it out of the park again. Do you think that the, like the, the prequel, as it were, that that kind of came faster because all the groundwork had already been laid out with the original book? Like the um, you know what? It's, it's, it, it, it possible, you know, I, <laughs> The the pre all the entire book Legends of the Circle came from one chapter that I edited I, an entire chapter I removed from the Oof. circle, oh. and it was this it was the chapter in Paris during the riots and I um I know John you probably know that better than Charlie yeah you will la, la, like la. like most things I mean I I can vaguely mention that it happens during the Paris riots. And my editor and I had this discussion about, is it important to the story? Is it important to Doug's story? And while I felt it was important to the universe of the circle, she ultimately convinced me that it wasn't important to furthering Doug's story. And I thank her for that, because if I had won that battle, maybe Legends doesn't exist at all. And because I got that chapter into the book. So I started from that chapter and I worked backwards oh, and I said, cool. OK, well, how did I get fucking here? Fucking awesome. It's like a, and then I had to go forward from there. So. A whole nother plant. That's fucking tits. Yeah, it was it was it was fun. It was a lot of fun, but it was also nerve wracking at times because I knew 
I had certain people had to live because they're in the circle, you know, and certain That's people the, I had to create and then the destroy. Titanic yeah. effect. You're like, I know that iceberg is coming, but now we yeah. have to fill in the gaps in between. One exactly. day they'll make my Titanic 2 script. It turns out it was an Autobot. <laughs> like, well, That's just going to rule. Just, just cut, cut hard, right? Um, that is really, really interesting. Charlie, um, you do you, are you I do, I do, from? Steve. Just coming from a place Fucking of show off. it, it being so cinematic, its origins being a, a, a film script, you had to have sat one lonely night, uh, maybe while writing the second book. Who's your Doug? Ah. If tomorrow the check came in, Oof. they go, Steve, man, who's your dream? Casting, where are going to go I've after him? So there are two answers to that, because there was the Doug I envisioned when I started writing the screenplay in 2002, and that was Ethan Hawke. I wanted oh! Ethan Hawke to play Doug. I got that. I could see a young Now Ethan he's Hawk. 55 years old. I don't think it would work. Um, so now I've, I, have got, I have had this conversation with so many different people, and there's every different person I come up with you know, the, everybody's got a better idea. And, and <laughs> so the, the best one in my mind right now and heavily influenced by a good friend of mine that lives up the road uh, is Scott Eastwood. Oh, so he, sure. he, he's going to age himself out of that pretty soon. So I'm going to have to start looking for younger guys and maybe Timothy Chalamet wants to do it, but I don't know. <laughs> That's awesome. That's straight. You know, so funny, Charlie, I had a very similar question planned. Um, my cast. Wait, wait, before we moved your, was that also a good question? I need a little bit of praise. Oh man. I'm going to give it to you. you I'm going to give it to you. That's like saying a diabetic needs a little bit of insulin. Whatever. <laughs> um, so, so like mentally I was kind of like, I was picturing like this hodgepodge of like a Tom Holland slash Taron Egerton type, just Ooh. like a, like a wide-eyed, like that um, hybrid. Like walking again, you know, going back to like, okay, well, we're seeing the world now through their, through the, the you know, the, their goggles. Um, oh, that is a good. Taron Egerton, that's a good one. He's got the chops too from those uh, the, the Kingsman movies well, too. Yeah, so man, he could throw. Yeah, he's if got he's him, watching, you we uh, like he's gotta. We got a pretty great Facebook question from a young lady named Nancy over on Facebook. She asks, "Are your characters fully formed when you create them?" Or do they evolve and change uh, as the creation process goes on? Love the question. And they 100% evolve over time. You know, I'll get a character who I think wants to do this. And then in the writing of it, I'll think to myself, well, I don't know that this character is going to be motivated by this situation. Or I just don't think that character's emotions are where I want them to be. If I kind of, you know, handcuff them to something, that handcuffs me to where I want them to go. Um, so yeah, it's a great question. No, they, they are 100% fluid as they, until they hit the page and I hit publish, uh, to Amazon. So yeah, great question, Nancy. Thank you. Until you do oh, the God. special edition where you change oh, a bunch, a of, bunch shit. of, make of it way worse. Heads. Unbelievable. Now, now Thanksgiving is going to be doubly impossible to deal with. Um, no, just, just absolutely awesome. And, um, you know, you know, we, we are, are operating in somewhat of a confined space, but but I do want to say this, and this is something that we had spoken about prior. We want to get the word out. We want to give the most opportunity to people to ingest this material as possible. I don't know if we mentioned it before, but obviously it is available in the tried and true typical paper. <sighs> I love that smell. 
uh, <laughs> capacity, but they are now as of today or as of yesterday. As it turns out, it, it went live yesterday. Legends How finally went live to Audible. But both books are now both books are now available on Audible. They're also both available on Kindle. And if you have Kindle Unlimited, they're free on Kindle Unlimited. Awesome. Um, I'm so not even going to use the and, free Audible version. I'm a pet. Yeah, if you've got it, go for it, man. <laughs> so, so yeah, we, we were talking about an opportunity for the loyal viewers and listeners. So, Steve, why don't you walk us through that? Um, let them know where they can go for the opportunity to acquire a complimentary edition of either circle, one or two circles. Yeah, so uh, in the coming days, probably Friday and, and then extending over the weekend, I'm gonna be uh, hosting a, give, a giveaway on my Instagram account. Um, so there's gonna be a whole list of things that need to you know, you, you know like and follow and, and share and those types of things. And I'll be giving away an, aud an audible code for each of the books uh, and kit Kindle versions of each of the books. Uh, and I've got some swag that I can give out, you know, some stickers and bookmarks. And, and I can, uh, for the winners, I'm going to also autograph a um, uh, an, an author plate and I'll send that to you direct. And, oh, um, that's outstanding. and actually for anybody that does, that already owns the book, you know, John, I might see you again. I could sign yours personally, but for anybody who oh, already yeah, owns maybe. the book or for anybody who orders the book um, I, forever, Anytime you just shoot me a DM in Instagram that says, hey, I bought your book, uh, I will and send me your address, I will send you an autographed author plate to put inside that book. So if that's oh, something that's, that's interesting to you, go right ahead and do that. Absolutely awesome and generous. And uh, oh, I love stuff. I'm definitely, definitely going to take you up on that. And uh, I will go ahead and um, take the steering wheel and say this. Anyone, and I do mean anyone, who's going to sit there and say they hear that concept and they know without a shadow of the doubt in the most black and white terms that they know precisely that what they would do in that most <laughs> um, harrowing of decision-making processes, they are one thing, Charlie, and I think you know what that is. They're a goddamn liar, just like that infamous toy board george lucas was a liar when he said he already knew that they were going to be related you're lying you would not have made them make out like that and the truth is han shot first <laughs> cheers boys True. cheers clink Sorry. cheers boys knock it back <laughs> and charlie is dead <laughs> which makes the next topic very very questionable but charlie Take it away, brother. Well, let's not bury the lead. John is getting one step closer to be buried himself because he's getting old. Just look at him. I know he looks like some people might be really, really dumb and be like, which one's older? It's obviously John. He's significantly older than me, <laughs> and it's almost time to celebrate my personal favorite holiday. Ooh. I would argue the greatest holiday is not Christmas. No, no, it's not Halloween. Negative. It's my brother's birthday is just around the corner. And the best gift to give is a gift that you can enjoy yourself. So I took my brother even deeper into Jersey. I took him all the way to Red Bank and I made him drive because I wanted him to join me in meeting our hero, the one, the only, the infamous, if you ask Twitter, I guess. But I brought my brother to meet a, a, a legendary 
New Jersey. And, and when I tell you, it is not to be understated that it took me 37 years, oh, dozens, dozens of live shows, Damn, you're old. dozens of con visits where this man was in the same giant theater as me and never until this day was I able to get that warm, loving hug of an oh, embrace. What a hugger. From a man so fit, you could not call him Lunchbox. You must call him Snack Pack. I'm, of course, talking about John and I finally met for his birthday. Wink. Finally met that Kevin Smith. And he was joined by his friend and, in a lot of ways, his inspiration, Jason Muse for Jay and Silent Bob's. Mate. Centennial, a hundred years of Jay and Silent Bob. Kevin turned 52. Jay turned 48. My brother turned an undisclosed amount in just yeah, what a get, little bit of time down the personal road. Personal on me right away. Jesus Christ. This is also <laughs> where we met Steve. I don't want to bury the lead there, but hot damn, John. As far as trilogies go, we know that the circle's coming around the bend, but the the John's birthday trilogy being kicked off with a visit to the stash and seeing Jan Bob get old. John, I'm going to turn it to you. I know this gift is arguably the most selfish gift I've ever given me by way of you, but, uh, <laughs> but I know how it made me feel. How did it feel to finally meet Kevin Smith? You know, what's, what's funny is you, you told the story of how you were introduced to the Kevin Smith works which um, I never, it never would have occurred to me to tell like an influential person like that. Well, this is how I corrupted my brother and basically thrust my demons upon him. Um, that was just like kind of evil. Basically, I, I gave you the painting. I was like, well, good luck getting old. Thanks for letting me off the hook now. Um, <laughs> no, it was truly, it was, it was really surreal. Just to address what you were talking about before, I could never possibly get mad at you for a birthday gift that you would also enjoy when just mere months ago, I <laughs> took you to go see Bill Burr, um, which is also where, where, where we met um, several of the newer uh, Secret Stash staffers like Sarah, who we became like instant uh, cool with. She had joined us here in the podcast just a few weeks ago. Just an awesome, awesome person. Naturally, we saw we saw Mike Zabsky while he was there. Sadly, we met we missed Ming. He was off doing his uh, con uh, route, um, but it it was absolutely surreal. I am absolutely grateful that we did have the opportunity to, in essence, scout the location of the new secret stash because I might have like missed some of the moments uh, of Kevin Smith just like looking around on all the new shit because I am a cat with something shiny wiggle in his face. Um, it was it was amazing. I sat there. Our interactions were tremendous. Um, but really, as much enjoyment as I got out of that and my one-on-one, uh, I think I got as much, if not more, enjoyment out of seeing you fucking f- make, a, make a blubbering mess out of yourself. Like, oh, Kevin, I didn't love you. And like, oh, man. No, no, but in a cool way. In a cool way. That's what I mean. No, but sincerely, watching Charlie interact with what could only be described as his second favorite hero after myself. Um, it, it really was a gift, bro. So I'll take the opportunity to thank you again. Um, also for lunch, that shit was delicious. 
I will take the opportunity to say you're welcome again and just fucking get ready for part two because Clerks 3 comes out in just a few weeks now and we're going back to Jersey, baby, I mean, for the 7 o'clock show. We're already, we're already here, dude. Like, <laughs> that back to Jersey's for you Long Island suckers. But really, Fair quickly, enough. before we go on, uh, first and first, mostly, Steve, are you also going to be attending uh, the Clerks 3 um debut uh here I, I don't know if i'll be or at the debut i still i still gotta figure out how to get my tits i haven't done that yet but i right. i'm definitely I mean, gonna be at, at something at this point Maybe. we know some people so that's awesome yeah, so, well. so so real quick again and charlie charlie mentioned it um this event um this kind of like a meet and greet uh and also the we we got to have the opportunity to sit in the newly acquired atlantic yeah. movie theater um, to watch uh, uh, Kevin and Jay uh, do their thing, we saw some interesting uh, uh, accent voices doing uh, doing one of Kevin Smith's <laughs> scripts. Um, but yes, yeah, these. So so again, this is where we met. We had the opportunity to chit chat and we exchanged some information. Like it was lights were about to come on uh, at the bar. We're like, oh well, you know, we we did what we could. Um, so so how did you find the, yourself that there? I happen to notice that. The circle books were also for sale at the Secret Sash in Red Bank. We want to put that right out there now. But yeah, so so this was an opportunity. This was not your first Kevin Smith sighting, as it were, right? No, actually, I uh, I've been following Kevin Smith since college, probably like you guys. Um, Literally, but, uh, just following him in your car, just be like, he's, "Here, Kevin, 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 Kevin." It's like my order of protection. Doesn't he has allow no me idea. To follow him that closely, but. To this point, he doesn't know yet, so let's keep that on the down low. <laughs> See, he's stealthy. That's how he's able to write about these murderers yeah. so well. <laughs> it's all about changing cars every once in a while. Kev's so. probably read your books. He's like, fuck that, man. I'm not letting this guy follow me. <laughs> he read my books. I need to know about that. <laughs> because I, I have been giving him copies of my book every time I'm in the stash. I'm like, here, can you give this to Kevin? Hey, can you give this to Kevin? Hey, Kevin, here, here's one for you. And he's too busy, and I get it, and he is absolved of not being able to read it. But one of these days, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get him it's gonna to. Gonna happen, to, dude. With all, with all these like cross country flights, it's, it's, you know, it's gonna happen. So, so that yeah, would be so, great. So, so this was one of a, a numerous uh, yeah, encounters the, of yours with him. This is the third time I've met him, um, or that that day. And back in 1999, before the release of Dogma, a friend of mine scored tickets to the opening of the secret stash and but i shouldn't even say the opening it was it was before the opening because there was still plastic on the ground and you know stuff was covered so it was right just before they opened the secret stash and it was part of a, a kevin smith's tour we went down there and we went at the, met at the secret stash they took us on a tour around the area leonardo to the quick stops to the to the video store yes. uh and, and to all you know to all the kevin smith famous locations there uh we ended up back at the stash he met you know meet and greet with everybody get signatures i got brian o'haller and i got um who else do i have i'm trying to remember who well, obviously jay and, and and i don't know i don't think i got jay i think jay was out that day um but anyway the whole viewers universe what, what was there year was this i don't want to think was... about what jay might have been doing yeah, uh, this was 1999. <laughs> Jay may have oof, been oof. missing in action. So. You never know. But um, So I got to meet him there. They showed us the trailer for Dogma, and it kind of blew everybody's minds. And then, oh, awesome. and then that was that. And then I, didn't, I was never in the same room as him again until after I published The Circle. So we're talking 20-something years later. 
uh, and I met him at the, the the Christmas bash they had. I forget what they called it, but um, we were all masked up and, you know, they did a whole thing. They took a picture with you and they took pictures, each of them holding one of my books, which was great. Uh, and then I brought that picture with me to the event and they signed that picture. So I've got that. That's right over here uh, framed on my desk, you know, right next to, you know, you can't see my kids, but yeah, <laughs> Kevin's over there. The kids know <laughs> Priorities. They know that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's outstanding. Now, so how would you rank this um, this meeting, this one-on-one -on -one meeting with your with your others then? The first time I met him, I was too starstruck to even have a physical conversation with him that meant anything. Um, and then since the books came out, it was – he is one of the coolest people I've, I've spoken to. So because chill, man. Is, so chill. And, and, and you guys both kind of, kind of hinted at it. He will, even if he, he could have very easily, and I, when I handed my books, he could have been like, hey, thanks, man, and then thrown them in the trash when I left. But I didn't feel that way, right? And whether he did it or not, he saw me as a fan, as somebody that was, you know, took the time out of my day to come to, and he, and, and treated me as such, and it was fantastic. And he was more than willing to just let me kind of ramble for a few minutes, and he understood what I was doing, and he was just one of the coolest people as far as, one of the very few, but also one of the very coolest celebrities I've ever met. He was just yeah, a great guy. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. They, Something that I was saying about – I'm sorry, Charlie. I'll throw no, it right no. back to you. Um, one of the things that I struck me – it was like one, like one of my aha moments. This is actually when we were eating uh, after uh, we had met everybody. Um, with, with, without exception, literally all the people who Kevin Smith has – surrounded himself that in essence kind of like speaks with his voice in his absence have been lit cool also yeah so again sarah we were talking about charlie and i had the opportunity to record with mike and ming and if i'm not mistaken you did you have as well um, yeah right yeah. so like you know all the people and and you know, like even just uh, you know random the first time that we went to the sash i actually I t the original sash um i took charlie for his birthday many years ago um, Charlie got an original Batman drawing. We got hand-drawn directions to the quick stop. And, um, you know, somehow we haphazardly made our way along a route that was, like, very, very reminiscent of the opening of Clerks 2. We're like, this is fucking nuts. It's like we're in a Kevin Smith movie. <laughs> Um, yeah. Right now. but I very much played the soundtrack. Yeah, it Like a head. total herb. <laughs> yeah, I regret nothing. <laughs> but it's very interesting that, like, like like attracts like because you know considering that the people that he chose to surround himself with being yeah. so lit cool that he must have been lit cool so i had no trepidation about meeting this man it was more along the lines of like fuck he's right there this yeah. person who created all these things that i love and i hold so near and dear to my heart and that i repeat at nauseum all the time to people's like like look we like it when he said it let's <laughs> leave it with just him um i i had no no concern whatsoever i knew that he was going to be cool i just didn't know he was going to be quite that cool that fucking hug walking in the door i was like this is nice this is real nice um, he really just, does yeah, know how to just no, sorry no, 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 jump talk. in please no i didn't please, mean to talk about it. he just he just knows how to treat people he knows which is something I think far too few celebrities know is that without the people that are dedicated to their work, they are just me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're nobody, you know, and, and he understands that and he values 
the, the I, I don't want to say loyalty like that, but you know what I mean? He, he values the, you know, the loyalty of the, of the people that keep coming back to his movies. And, you know, I'm not calling him a cult guy. Like he's not a cult director, but he has a cult following. Should he never direct a movie again, he will be relevant it, yeah, because of, of us. Of his, people like us, not the us. fan base is like fucking voracious. They 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 just they just want more. They want more. They want more. Ben, but that's only because what came prior was so loved. Charlie, I, I cut what's you off yeah? No, no, it's it's fine. What's amazing about that experience, and for those of you that have ever liked even a singular Kevin Smith uh, movie, or the cartoon, or any of his comic book writing, meet him. Like, yeah. Do go it, out of your way. To meet the guy who who claims that he has less time in front of him than behind him. But dare I say, if it's within my power, that man will live 400 more years. Because my brother put it really eloquently on social media. But there is this understandable uh, notion of don't meet your heroes. Don't yeah. do it. Because how, yeah. how can someone live up to icon status? What if Mel Brooks is a fucking asshole? What if Billy Joel doesn't give a fuck that you like his music? There has always been this notion that by and large, most people will let you down. Maybe they're having a bad day. Maybe you're the 500th person. I couldn't have imagined, short of being adopted, I couldn't have imagined a warmer embrace I couldn't have imagined a, a, a more meaningful, if not, uh, I'm sure, sincere, sincere interest in and, what you were saying. And Which, it must frankly, be fleeting. I have a hard time even faking sometimes with this fucking guy. But it also, there's no way you beat, right? We did the rough math. He probably met 400 people yeah. at that meet and greet, yeah. right? 400 yeah. people, some of whom shaking in terror others giddy as shit petrified of making an ass out of oneself and this community that he built which is as simple as there were people there that maybe only liked clerks there were people there that maybe only liked yoga hosers (laughs) there are people there that only liked jay and bob strike back which is so fucking weird because it's the most self-referential shit ever but there was something about that community where and and Steve, I hope it doesn't it doesn't come across wrong, but you weren't the only like-minded, interesting, yeah. creative cat we spoke to. When you, you were you were literally one of you were one of half a dozen at least that we the had most legit... published though. Let, let's be fair. <laughs> to our, there were some to interesting people, but like he definitely has the biggest my, oh, my, Goodreads I... page. <laughs> My yeah. question, though, beyond beyond what you like that that Kevin Smith has created, when, why do you think it is that seemingly there's only two roads? There are gatekeepers, and there are cats who like kick in the window for you. Did Kevin Smith play any part? in your creative journey or is it just happenstance that a bunch of fucking dreamers and creative types have found themselves to the point we're on a fucking thursday in in the middle of the day we're all traveling to red bank to fucking get the warmest hug in the history of hugs yeah i mean it's 
it's hard to say that he wasn't an inspiration because he was, I mean, he's, he's older than I am, but you know, I watched his career come from a guy who made a movie while he was working the day shift at the, at a quick stop. And he had the determination. He had the wherewithal. He had the, the, the core group of people around him and he made something of himself. So whether he inspired my stories at all, it, he inspired me to create Right. And I feel like that's the best compliment you can give a guy like that, because, you know, if you can inspire someone to tap into any kind of creative, you know, genes they have, um, you know, and they can kind of owe that to a moment where if he can do it, that's an inspiration to me. I feel like that's one of the greatest compliments you can give a person. If somebody reads my book and says, I, I can now, you know, because of this, I'm going to now do this. That'd be the greatest thing in the world to me. Now, I'm not oh, Kevin yes, Smith, man. but he's insp- he's been inspiring people since what, 1995 when Kirk came out. And, you know, yeah. he's a guy from Red Bank. I live in the neighboring town. You know, so he oh, did it. Steven, Why can't we, I? We know because this fucking creeper over here, he had me driving past Homeboy's childhood home. I'm like, <laughs> oh man, we are definitely getting locked up today. But yeah, I hit it I, well. I, I was hanging out the window, oh, <laughs> just like tongue hanging out like a Labrador. Um, but yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And and you know what? I'll steal from the man himself. You know, he he's maybe just as well known for some of his speaking engagements as he mm-hmm. is for some of the content that he's put out into the world. Um, but one such speaking engagement, he gives a very, very, as always eloquent, but like particularly poignant and hard hitting for this trio here. Um, you know, Steve, you're, you're, you're further ahead than we, than we are currently, but obviously we aspire to be at your level. So consider yourself in that same class. Um, but he gives this fucking amazing, amazing soliloquy about his process and he tops it all off with the fucking why not? You wanna yeah. you wanna write a book series? Why not? Just fucking yeah. do it. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Right. At the end of the day, let's see what happens. Oh, John and Charlie, you have a concept for comic books. You love comic books, but there's a certain there's a certain laundry list of things that grind your gears and you think things would be better if you eliminated those. You wanna do it better? Fuck it, yeah. why not? Go for it. Why not? Why not? Like that that mantra has been what I've taken away from, certainly I took away from that day when I first heard it, uh, certainly, certainly was resonating in my head when I met the man. And uh, really on a day-to-day basis, as we continue our creation process, it just it just repeats and repeats and repeats. Instead of shame, 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 it's why not, why not, why not? Just fucking, just, just do it. We'll figure and it that's, out at the end of the day. That's one of the, that's, that's arguably the secret sauce, right? The secret sauce is is making sure that you get rid of as many why people, not necessarily out of your life, but certainly out of your peripheral. And, and it's not paralyzing. in the circle sense of the word. Don't get rid of them in the circle sense of the word. But like, no. what do you mean, you man? Know. What do you fucking mean, John? No, but but sincerely, I have I have found some of my fucking most depressing moments was misidentifying a why for a why not in a million stupid ways uh five years ago i did no charity work five years later the car i drive every day is dressed up like it's fucking halloween 
Um, this year alone, I actually haven't even told my brother this yet, but John, I was checking over the numbers. Over $5,000 have been raised for children's charities That's with awesome. a couple proton packs, some flight suits, and a silly car that Cheers. lights up fucking that's, awesome. that's a why not thing and ultimately the people i thought i'd be able to turn to for that why not is why it took so fucking long um the comic book i i, I kind of announced that i had an idea for a short i sent it to to our editor-in-chief here at us comics um for kind of that that second pass which is a terrifying process putting oh anything out the into the fucking puncher. universe it's just a fucking scary process, especially when it's something where you're you're still just in the early stages of. I never submitted a fully formed script before. I've pitched shit. I've written out shit. But that was the first time I said, this is what I want panels to look like. Now, this is what I want the bubbles to ironically, say. Ironically, I use the same Kevin Smith model of reading the lines in like as funny voices as I could think of. So uh Pest was read as Mickey Mouse and you know, I, I just want you to know like this is what was happening behind closed doors. Just That's you know, how he wrote the, it. The notes. <laughs> That's how the only difference was Pest was Arnold Schwarzenegger. It was just oh, all wow. voices I could do to myself. Those are two but, very different voices. That's gonna be a real problem when he's climbing walls. Two, two great tastes that go great together. Steve, was there ever a time, though, when, like, the whys, like, overpowered you for a bit? And how the fuck oh, did you man. fight your way out? Absolutely. Like, the journey of the circle began in 1997, you know? Uh, I published in 2019. So there were lots of whys all the way through that process. The why do I think I have what it takes to write a screenplay? Why did I write such a bad screenplay? No one wants it because it's bad. Why don't I just write a book? What, who do I think I am that I can write a book? Look at all these published authors. I'm not like these guys. Why do I bother sending out all these query letters to agents and publishing houses? Why am I going to bother? Let's stick it back on the shelf. Why do I need, why don't I take another look at you? And then it, it wasn't, it, it, you have to defeat the whys. You don't have to just put them aside. You have to take them out circle style. You've got to get rid of, not the people, but the, the self-wise, like oh, you've got to oh, get sorry, them out sorry, of here. Sorry. You got to get them out because the why not, what's the worst that was going to happen if I sent my book to be published in 2009 as opposed to 2019? The worst that was going to happen was what I expected to happen, which was nobody was going to buy it. Turns out somebody bought it and I would have had that success 10, early, 10 years earlier and maybe there'd be a series of circle books instead of me finally finding You know what's fucking down. awesome though, Steve? That shit's published now, though. Hell yeah! yeah like that's Hell. we were we were just yeah, talking son. about we were just talking about the pandemic for all of its fucking horrifying <laughs> side effects. People were willing to fucking give something a shot. Sometimes and rightfully the, so. The sh yeah, fuck yeah, and that's sometimes that shit that holds not, us like, back. Yeah, fuck it, why not? Let's, yeah. see, what, let's see what's happening with, here. With with that being said, to wrap up my time, I just want to go around. John, favorite Kevin Smith movie. Fuck, gun to my head, circle gun style. Gun to your head. Fuck my ass sideways. Um, probably to this day, uh, and I do largely uh, credit my Catholic school upbringing, it's probably dogma. Matter of fact, my little one act uh, that went up at, uh, at uh, up, up here in New York or over there across the river in New York, um, I mean, there were Kevin Smith elements there. I dressed up my devil fucking just like matt uh like like uh matt and ben with the coat and the hoodies and stuff like that i'm like clearly all angels 
when they're on earth dressed this way, whether they're good or bad or someplace in between. Um, so, yeah, for me, it, it's probably Dogma. Steve, what about you? Favorite Kevin Smith flick? I'm not going to say Dogma because now it's been taken. No, but, <laughs> but I, I, I always felt like – and and I and Dogma has been you know one of one of I feel like his un, I feel like it's underrated because he's such a good storyteller for what he likes to do is he just likes the actors to just do their thing and and that's not Dogma right Dogma was more cinematic than his other films so I enjoyed Dogma for that uh, but Chasing Amy for me was a really great story um, it, it, for two reasons number one they filmed part of Chasing Amy in my hometown of Brick New Jersey I grew up in Brick. Um, and that ice rink, I, I know that ice rink backwards That's and forwards. That's awesome. Forward. Like I so, busted my ass right there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and again, I felt like I was attached to Dogma because I got that sneak peek of the trailer. So I feel like I was personally attached to those two movies. So That's those awesome. two always stand out to me. That's brilliant. Right? Should we say Cop Out just to make Kevin feel better? Or... Well, <laughs> he really comes down on himself for Cop Out. I don't know. <laughs> you know what, though? Listen, with, my... with Bruce Willis going through what sadly he's going through, we could throw a Cop Out out there. It's fine. My... I'm going to say Cop Out. <laughs> my, but I honestly, throw it up. <laughs> I think they all might think, want to. I think Comp Out and I think Zach and Miri were vital to get Kevin to what he is today. And what he is today is like so much more than a writer, director, or, or even as he tends to describe himself, uh, an editor. What what those flicks did was they doubled down this notion of like, don't emulate anybody it's never yeah. going to be worth it and i think the last time that he bought into anyone else's bullshit um is going to be my answer because i love dog my fucking love chasing amy i of course love clerks but for me right now the king of the mountain is clerks 2 that was his last mostly like studio film where the only really thing that was not kevin smith about it was the fact that they gave the same budget to to fucking advertise the thing where they could have given him more money to make a, a tighter crisper film and instead they said nope we're going to spend that exact same dollar amount for rosario dawson posters and i love me some rosario dawson poster um good choice but but that was truly the last time i think that influence happened and following it with red state yoga hosers tusk whether or not you love or hate those films and if those and now horns from red state didn't tighten your butthole you're a goddamn george lucas liar there is there is something really special about clerks too and the fact that it kind of hits everything that is Kevin Smith, right? It's way over very the top. Cool. There's very stupid jokes in it that are glorious. There's fucking, there's vagina trolls. There's, that movie's fucking amazing. And how does it end? It ends with, with a donkey show. some of the most after the donkey show, but it has a fucking donkey show. It ends with two friends declaring so much fucking love for each other. That once again, it totally justified that my brother is not only my best fucking friend, but I love my brother to the point where I will circle any motherfucker that tries to hold him down. And then it ends, goes back into black and white, and Dante is still a fucking idiot because he's still behind that goddamn counter. He can't escape. And there's something magical about Clerks 2 and what it says for Kev's career, and I think it's going to wind up being that that linchpin for everything that preceded it and everything that fucking followed it. Damn I think it's a Charlie. master class in, very, in very what he built. well said, and you would Thank think you. almost as if you were following the man and his work for like, I don't know, 
92% of your goddamn life. Oh, that's right, you were, because I showed it to you in 1995 like a <laughs> monster. Uh, oh, actually, really I, me up. I don't take uh, credit for it. I, I blame my comic book shop, uh, quite frankly, because I spent a lot of time there that year. Um, but you know what, though? Just like Kev, uh, just like the stash, just like our esteemed guest, Mr. Galgan, as well, uh, we also have to pay the bill. So, Charlie, why don't you jump us right in there? Why don't you show the good people, or even tell them, why don't you, how we do that? Well, today we're brought to you by Manscaped. Wait, no, because we're not like every other fucking bullshit pod who sells out for any random brand that's willing to shell a couple dollars their way. No, no! Today we are brought to you by one of our absolute favorite bands, Bad Mary. You heard them during the intro. You're going to hear them at the end of the show. If you're wondering where else you can catch their act, you can go ahead and follow them over at Bad Mary Band across all social media platforms. You can support them over on Patreon.com forward slash Bad Mary Band. You can stay up to date at BadMary.com for merch and upcoming performances. But my absolute favorite part is that their entire discography is available on every single music streaming service. Damn straight you Bad want? Mary. Ooh, they rock so hard. Um, but also as well as... We cannot forget to answer or even ask that question that I know is on everybody's mind. And that is, where we dropping with Sergeant Finesse? You can find him gaming on both Trovo, I said that's Trovo, and also as well as Facebook, multiple streams every day, outstanding video game content, uh, supporter games, co-streams, giveaways, contests. Don't be a sucker. Check him out today. But if you need to pick me up, we're about to do some shilling. Go over and follow the white rabbit to sneakenergy.com. Mm-mm-mm. When Sarge is on deck, you salute GGs. But also, we cannot forget the man of the hour of power, even though we usually go about like an hour and a half. Fuck it, sue us. Um, the multiple award-winning... Uh, author of the Circle series. The Circle series, again, as we had mentioned before, available in both paper, traditional, and digital versions. Uh, again, if you weren't paying attention, pay attention now because digitally they are both available for purchase on uh, Audible. Um, they're available, I believe, at, at no charge with an unlimited Kindle membership. I think that's the caveat. Uh, so you really have no excuse. Uh, I got my personal, my physical copies I got on Amazon, and I will be hitting up the author for my uh, for my card, my autograph card. Um, but Stephen, yeah, we're, we're also, if if there are old school cats like myself that they are all, that they're also looking for the physical copies, other than Amazon, where can they go? Right now, they can go to the Secret Stash. There are they have, by request. They don't put them out in front, so they're not selling well. So they put them, them in the back. It's an off-the-menu item, bro. Yeah, oh, yeah. Starbucks oh, yeah. or McDonald's, forget about it. You go in there. You mention me. They're gonna say, "Are you're you like, serious?" No. <laughs> like um, and locally, if you're if you're of the area, they're also in uh, Booktown, which is uh, a like bookstore, a local bookstore that that's nearby. Uh, I also want to mention, I forgot to mention this earlier, if you don't have the Kindle Unlimited uh, subscription, it's only 99 cents on Kindle. Beautiful. And oh so, I mean, I've always, I always make butt. the argument, I make the argument, you can go to the dollar store and buy five a dumber dollar. things than my book right now. So American? <laughs> that is fucking nuts. That is outstanding. Guys, sincerely, uh, and it's not because he's here. We would have talked about it in any case, whether he agreed to join us or not. 
Um, it's 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 just just a pair of great reads, and because they are both available, you can do like I did with the Game of Thrones series. You can binge that shit uh, before ultimately it will be adapted. I, I, you're hearing here first. This content will a hundred percent be adapted, and I'm right now putting myself uh, up for. I'm happy to even play a watcher because I got that sneaky fucking color kind of olive. Not quite sure what. I am by looking at me look so you can put me in for like even a watch a character um but I also want to go ahead and throw out a, a, a past guest of ours uh he's doing a big push over on um eBay if you guys are looking for any hard to find vinyl albums go over to eBay uh check out empty box king um again probably a little bit more than a buck you can get uh you can get a circle book uh, for cheaper than some of these albums, so get them both. There's something to read to. Um, but I, I do want to say this: on that, all that business being done, talking to some of the people, whether they're online or just milling about, or you know, fighting for parking as we were. <laughs> um, one of the things that came up uh, with you, Stephen, directly was we were talking about kind of like what we did, what you did, and and um, were were the those Venn diagrams kind of like inter. Uh, Cross lines got all blurry. You're like, oh yeah, I'm a huge Simpsons fan, and I oh. do the the look around. I'm like, fuck, man, those are guys are still out there. That's awesome because I love me some Simpsons. Now it's very interesting. Your like initial take. It was almost, and forgive me for saying it, if it's not true, but it was okay. almost like a, yeah, I like the Simpsons. And like it was almost <laughs> like somewhat like like quasi uh, apologetically. So. Uh, I'm gonna start it with you, brother. You you are and at this point now an official acknowledged Simpsons fan, and there's nothing yeah. nothing to uh, to be ashamed of about that. But <laughs> yeah, so so what about these yellow bastards? Really, kind of like caught you? Is it that they've been around forever, seemingly, <laughs> or like cartoon on prime time? Woohoo! Uh, yeah, like, no what, trust, what no shame. I got I got no shame about it for the first maybe half of their their run. I feel like. Uh, <laughs> So I, I, haven't watched, I haven't years? watched. I I think the newest episode I watched, I might have been in my 30s at that point, which is a while ago. Um, but no, like you said, I think we talked about this when we met. It when the show debuted, I was Bart's age. It's still going, and I'm That's older insane. than Homer at this point. That's so I mean, insane. you know, the, just the buffoonery that is Homer Simpson is is what I live for. Just hit, just watching him kind of meander through life and like fall ass backwards into success after oh. success. Well, <laughs> just, even like out of disaster, I'm like thinking you you deserve this. Like what's happening to you right now, buddy? You deserve yeah. this. And uh, luckily, at the end of 30 minutes, he's like seemed to weasel himself out of it. It's yeah. it's kind of a somewhat feel, of a minor miracle. I feel like we all know a Homer-esque person in our lives, and we are all the Frank Grimes, right? Like, we're all just watching, trying to figure out how this person hasn't been discovered as some kind of a fraud for his entire life. Don't! Like, how's this motherfucker gonna get out of this shit? Yeah. Let me go grab some popcorn. Um, <laughs> you know, for, for me, and Charlie, we're gonna go right to you, but um, for, for me, it has actually largely been about the the secondary or like the supporting characters oh sure i don't know i don't know why it is and it's not just the simpsons that that that's for whatever reason whether it's because i i, I do some writing myself or because you know it, it, it's it's like uh when they tell you don't watch how the sausage is made yeah because you will never again experience sausage the same way 
And like in my personal experience, I've done a little theater also. And whether it's a lot or a little, um, having that kind of like knowledge makes you look for certain things. You don't ever really watch it the same. So having had to write or describe even secondary characters and how they do need to also be fleshed out, at least in your mind, so that you yeah. can go ahead and insert them into the world. I pay a lot of attention to those characters, whether it's in something like The Simpsons or whether it's on a Broadway stage. That being said, my absolute favorite non-nuclear family member is fucking Grandpa. No. God damn, do I love that toothless bump. If you think Homer is bumbling, fucking oh, Grandpa yeah. is lucky that he's able to shuffle into the episode. Like that he didn't show up in like South Park or something like that. Um, I fucking love him, but and this is where I'm, I, I want to go around the horn, Charlie, for the time that we have left. So my personal favorite, favorite, favorite Simpsons episode is when you got to take that deep dive down the rabbit hole, and naturally it was Grandpa centric. When you found out that Grandpa had a World War II past, as what can only be described as basically like. A yellow sergeant rock. He yeah. was a fucking He was man, a hellfish. The commander of the flying hellfish. First of all, that hellfish logo was dynamite. Badass. Rock that as a tattoo. Dynamite, my, dynamite. My fantasy football team was the flying hellfish for like three years. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. I was, hang on. I was, I was the flying hellfish. For three years, I was the Stonecutters for three years. Uh, what else was I? Oh God, I was the Pin Pals once, just because I was having some fun. I, I I try to draw from The Simpsons every time. I was I was Fat Tony's legitimate business club for a while. <laughs> that sounds like a legit soccer the, club. Yeah, it yeah. sounds like a real thing. I mean, the The Simpsons again, and and you don't know if it's because of its longevity. Actually, another very much a favorite of mine. Uh, is is South Park? South Park made a whole episode yeah. of like Simpsons did it. Simpsons, Simpsons did, did it. it, yeah. Uh, and and you do have to say that it's. I would never say sit here and say, well, it's because they've been around so long that they've that they've touched thirty four years. They've been around a long ass time, but it's not. They're about just, to retire. It's not just because. Um, no, only Apu gets to retire. Uh, it's not just <laughs> because they've been around for so long. I mean. The, look at the fucking laundry list of creative, brilliant minds that have brought this content to us. Um, I think maybe you know we we might be looking at kind of like the the horizon uh, line, the finish line might be coming up for them because not uh, sadly not all the cast members are in the best of health. Um, and this is definitely one of those things that are like, look, we've done it for so long. There, there's it's not right to kind of go on. Maybe I mean I, I would yeah. only assume that. But on a hop on a hop air. Uh, ha happier um, subject matter, Charlie. So mine is Grandpa's fucking Sergeant Rock. Yeah, uh, Adventures in World War Two. Just my absolute favorite favorite episode. Uh, but but again, there's a ton of, of great ones. What's your favorite episode, Charlie? You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna sidestep it just a bit because the thing that fuels all of my favorite episodes, because after 34 years, it's a fucking stack. If Troy McClure is in it. <laughs> I'm loving it because my good looks paid for that pool and my talent fills it with water. Um, Troy McClure was without question. I mean, Phil Hartman, 
Bill Hartman. You talk about a talent. Brilliant. brilliant. Immortalized. Genius. Genius. Um, truly, truly immortalized because of The Simpsons. Wound up in so many homes and so many people's lives. Troy McClure is the only Simpsons figure I, I had to own to have in this toy closet that is my office. Um, toy box. Literally, the the like you were saying, John, those secondary characters. Oh, they're... They, they, especially as time went on, they, it was impossible to, to not grow out of like Bartman and into like these, these characters that you just couldn't get away with. And, and Troy McClure for me, more than any, any other character to this day, I can read. Do you have a particular Phil Hartman episode that like springs to mind? Or like you know like the Cartman recurring character because he had plenty. The the problem is at this point I've distanced myself so much from The Simpsons. Hater. If you Just told me hater. every episode had like a little Charlie pop up, too cool for school. Oh, Don't forget if, about Lionel Hutz. You got to go Lionel Hutz there because that's I, that's I, number one. And then there's a whole episode where he speaks German in the when he sells the plant. Like that's Phil Hartman, and you don't realize it until you look at the credits. Like, what's he doing in the, there? The man is brilliant. So you know what? Forget Charlie. Uh, let's go to the resident expert, the self, oh, self-anointed mayor <laughs> of Springfield, Steve. I mean, I, I know for you it's almost an impossible question, especially for the fact that you've in essence cut the rundown in half, which is to- totally fine <laughs> and fair. Uh, I'm sure there are plenty of people that agree with you. Do you have? He's like, like a... I can't believe they ended at season twenty. That's such a shame. <laughs> Do you have? When you said thirty-four years, I was a little shocked. <laughs> He's like, "Fuck, I'm way behind." Yeah. Do you have a favorite? Uh, okay, like, so there's the, the 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 episode that I always go back to as whether it's my favorite. I mentioned Frank Grimes, which is one of my favorite episodes of all time. Uh, but I always go back to when somebody says to me, "What made you like The Simpsons?" and it's Homer at the bat. It's when he was on the softball team. Sorry, I just got an alert on my phone. Uh, when he was on the company softball team and they got all those major leaguers. Yes. And I, that that disaster. It, it just, was like it, a, like a that savior sideburns. Yeah, that, <laughs> that sold me on that show. And I have not stopped watching. Well, I shouldn't say I haven't. But uh, I watch it every day. And you, it, I won't have you ask my wife because she will just roll her eyes. But I watch it. I watch it every evening before I fall asleep. It just kind of, I just, I pick an episode at random. I hit the sleep timer on my TV and I just kind of drift now, away. Now we know where those Technicolor uh, yellow hue dreams come from. Um, <laughs> what, and that's a dynamite, fucking dynamite pull. Um, one of the other things, and this is something that we spoke about also when we were uh, kind of waiting our turns. Um, Simpsons, you know, again, whether whether we're in agreement of whether it jumped the shark and at what point did it jump the shark, a lot of times people kind of refer to the, the waves of writers that came and, go, came and went um, as, as the markers of, like, eras of, of Simpsons and whatnot. <clears throat> um, but now, if I'm not mistaken, the entire kit and caboodle is streaming. Charlie, it's on HBO Max or it's on Disney? Disney. Disney, Plus. Disney. okay. Disney Plus. Disney and they Disney. finally fixed its formatting because they had it zoomed in to the point where it was ruining gags so they 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 did finally fix that so ironically they didn't see that coming even though the fucking uh the show's been around forever but the simpsons did see a lot of other things coming steven and i were talking about how many fucking times the simpsons while entertaining us with 
the the nonsense that was happening also very very accurately predicted the future so i'm gonna throw it around with you guys steven when we were standing together we t- we we immediately both jumped to the donald trump going the escalator, down the escalator. Yeah. that was like the fucking creepiest Creepy. if you look at that as a side by side just if you would for anyone who's unfamiliar definitely check it out after you watch or listen to this but steven can you kind of walk us through that scenario because if you ha- did not have the opportunity to say Look, dummy, this is what I'm talking about. I don't think a person would agree, would, would would believe you. I'm convinced that he must be a fan because there's no way he would do that knowing that that's out there. Like, he, the fact that he announced his candidacy by, walk, by, by kind of just gliding down an escalator. And then you can go back, I think it's maybe seven years prior. And he did the exact same thing, only behind him was Homer Simpson on that escalator on his way down. You know, and that would be was... hilarious if I recreated <laughs> exactly. the Simpsons episode. That would make them it's, all love me. It's very popular. They'd all, they all love it. <laughs> People love are telling me. It's just unbelievable. So so another one, and I, I did, it's not off the top of my head. I'm not going to pretend. Um, I had to look it up. I said, I know that there are multiple, multiple yeah. examples because this is something that comes up all the time. So... They also, they predicted Lady Gaga's halftime performance at the Super Bowl. Um, pretty creepy. I didn't know that. Uh, Lisa Goes Gaga in 2012. Um, let's see, what else? They predicted in Boy Meets Curl in 2010, they predicted the U.S. curling team's Olympic gold medal right. in 2018. Kind Can I mention my favorite? That's Please. one of the, that's to me one of the newer ones that I've seen. <laughs> so, so the, the sideburn gag I alluded to before. Don oh, Mattingly yeah. is on the team. Shave your sideburns, yes. and it keeps going higher and higher. So, in, obviously, cartoons take a long time to make. So, what wound up happening in pop it. culture, yeah. they think yeah. the Simpsons were taking a jab at Steinbrenner, who famously benched Mattingly because he refused to pay players that didn't adhere to the clean-cut policy. But it was a fucking cartoon. Months before that happened yeah. is when they recorded yeah. Mattingly's lines. That's true. I for forgot the all Simpsons. about Simpsons. So, like this, it's a common miss, there, like spoken about sports thing. There is something going on because also, as well as, um, they predicted the FIFA corruption case, what? which is like fucking multi-billion-dollar uh, <laughs> corruption case for one of the, if not the largest sports organizations worldwide. Um, yeah, so they did that. Uh, you don't have to live like a referee in 2014. Um, what about the the Siegfried and Roy Tiger attack? The 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 knockoff Simpson brand Siegfried and Roy get right. fucked up by that tiger, and yeah. poor Roy should have seen. How do yeah. you see that cartoon? Yeah, which at the time everyone fucking knew Simpsons. Yeah, you're Siegfried and Roy, and they show that clip to you. The yeah, next that, day, you're like, "I want he, guys in suits." He should go have fuck put in yourselves. His, his uh, fucking resignation, be like, uh, "Yeah, this is my two week notice. I just watched The Simpsons. Fuck that shit. Those things are wild tigers. You got to be out of your mind." Um, Treehouse <laughs> of Horror in 20, uh, 20 oh. uh, when aliens showed up. That fucking That's another I one of my the favorite. Simpsons predicted the, it. The that episode with, with Citizen dude. Kang when uh. when when uh, that <laughs> gets me every time. Another fantasy football team of mine was Kang and Kodos. Was that you know? <laughs> All those sexy, sexy bitches. 
Um, God, I mean, honestly, why, why are you and your opponent constantly holding hands? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! I mean, honestly, what? like I'm looking here, the list goes on and on and on. The one that really struck me the most was, um, and this is again, we talked about George R. R. Martin just literally going into this uh, show, but um, at a point where everyone was just waiting and not not was is waiting with bated breath for george rr R. martin to finish the goddamn fucking series we have a whole new series that was all based on one book which is dynamite everybody's gonna really love this one i promise um but we were all waiting for these last two books to drop the series kept it going but before the series did it um the simpsons showed king's landing burning which didn't happen in the actual Game of Thrones show till a year fucking later. So I'm I'm sorry. There is something magical going on with that show. Um, I love The Simpsons, man. I, I'm the same way. I someone says The Simpsons. Ah, fuck it. I say Charlie, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. As usual, I love The Simpsons, and it's not just as like a comfort food. A lot of times people talk about some of these older shows, in particular sitcoms, and this is obviously that is obviously what this is. The fact that it's animated is almost beside the point. These shows, they they are comfort food in a lot of ways because we've seen 92% of them already. Uh, Some of us. At least the first half. Um, But uh, with them having (laughs) new ones still coming out, it's like your favorite restaurant. But every time you go back, they fucking added something new to the menu. You're like, oh, shit. I was coming here for fucking the... The vegetarian chicken Slovakia, but you know what? Sure, let me try this. That's what's so nice about it is that they're still pumping out content. And like I had mentioned before, sadly, uh, we do have names uh, being withheld. I'm not sure how public it is, but um, yeah, they, they, it's not going to be on forever. That makes me very, very sad because I did. I also grew up on on in this well, show, so but... it says something about like you know our own mortality and something fucking yeah. very deep, which we never touch on in this show. But I love The Simpsons, man. I fucking love it. I, love I mean, nothing, it. The fact nothing that they all have lasts. John this is, besides the fact I love those yellow fuckers. There yep. is, there's something magical about something with this sort of run, right? Like, there's just something special about it. With that being said, though, of of the two of us, John, I'm the more is more guy. I'm wildly uncomfortable with the idea. Of the Simpsons IP one day getting hung up because I think those characters, regardless of what of what people might think of current seasons, right? That's that's a device to tell a lot of different stories. Of course. It would be bullshit to say that the Simpsons never sat us down and told us a tale about acceptance or friendship or you know, one of the one of the episodes that strikes me so much, and I forget the character's name, but um, the the kind of less Bart. than brilliant. Bart. How dare you? The less than brilliant um, schoolmate of Bart and Lisa, who wanted Lisa to be his Valentine. Milhouse? Oh, Ralph. Ralph. When Ralph has his little heart, I'm in danger. They, they slow it down. Like you can see his heartbreak in real time. Yes. I was I, I was at an age. Choo choo choo. I was at an age though when that came out, where like heartbreak was a new experience. Oof. 
And Charlie the Simpsons. was Ralph. <laughs> I was Ralph <laughs> way more often than I fucking wasn't. Um, <laughs> and my cards were not as clever as I choo-choo-choo. <laughs> there, there's something magical about The Simpsons, and the truth is, as sacrilegious as it sounds, I think one day we're going to unfortunately be looking at a world without Simpsons. And Simpsons, to me, is ripe for... A, I, I, I dare not call it a reboot. But well, no, reimagining they, down the road. Well, they keep trying to do it, right? Like they've been trying to recapture that magic for a long time. You know, you've got you know King of the Hill, and you've got Bob's Burgers, and you've got like all like even Family Guy tried to capture. It. They're their own thing now, like and they are a, a force to be reckoned with. But they were trying to capture all what the lightning in a bottle was. Well, yeah, kind of you know, those knockoff. first few seasons of Family Guy were were like just trying to find new ways to do. You know, maybe more vulgar ways to do The Simpsons. There's a good reason. Uh, there's a reason why though the simpsons has been the gold standard that all yeah. of these other animated features aspire to um because they did it best and and like i said i'm a fan of several animated uh things that are floating around out there but you know i'm also of the opinion like look whoever did it first did it best ultimately and all you're ever going to do is aspire to that and the run the sheer runtime. Yeah. says as much about it as any of the initial creative and the changes that occurred and the world has changed around them. Um, but look, on the same and token, I... yeah, there's there's all these good feelings that a lot of these episodes, most of the episodes, kind of leave us with. But that's the, the sitcom format. Like, look, we're going to yeah. take these people you know, shake up the fishbowl, see them fucking fly around like crazy or swim around like crazy. But then ultimately, <laughs> at the end of the day, they're all everybody's gonna settle thing back. You're gonna end up back on the couch and like so. They're saying to you, you're gonna be okay. Life is hard, but you're gonna be. And okay. it's a great. I it's mean, great. Yeah, you're 100 percent right. And and Charlie touched on it before. You know, you and I are probably old enough to remember where you know George H. W. Bush said that we want a nation that's more like the Waltons and that and less like the Simpsons. Yeah. But. At the end of the day, you know, they are a family. They come together yeah. every time. Homer and Marge find a way to make it work. Bart and Lisa, despite their differences, you know, support one another. You know, it. You know, Bart and Homer find a way to coexist despite their very obviously, you know, similarly clashing personalities. And, you know, they, they nurture Lisa the best they can. Like, they are, you know, they're not a family that you should be afraid of they are oh, probably more normal to, than any other family out to there to emulate and i think that the the real issue is that they came out and they're they started on the tracy ullman show yeah which like some people don't know what the fuck that is at this point but like it was more to me any kind of like flack that they got was that people did not want to acknowledge how much their family regardless if they were yellow or peach or brown colored actually really looks a hell of a lot like the Simpsons family, yeah. considering that, like, the Simpsons family's fucking hijinks, that was a punchline. You're like, yo, fuck you, man. That's my reality. So Yeah, yeah. Everybody, where... wants to, everybody wants to look like they're not the Simpsons in, yeah. to, to everyone else. But behind closed doors, we are all you know, the Simpsons. And that was even we are all just trying media. to get that five <laughs> minutes in front of the TV, or we're trying to just get, you know, get our lives back on track. Yeah, that's, that's all it. we are, you right? I'm going to say it again, though. And be able to, like, cover the bill when, when, when the receipt pops out. Yeah. I'm gonna say it again, though, man. I think I think the the inevitability of something as powerful as The Simpsons, it deserves to go out like every great sitcom with a terrible spinoff. 
So I hope I hope we let the dust settle and like they did get, an like, episode Maggie's... about the spinoffs. You got to watch them. <laughs> I, I have and I love, but I want like Maggie's family. Like oh just my. just fucking do it. Call like the Simpsons 2000, even though it's gonna be like 2058. Well, we've seen that. Um, Actually, you know what what might be what might work, especially in this kind of like current age. Lisa of, as like, president. Correction. No. <laughs> Give me an Apu spinoff with a properly cast set of characters. And you know what? And show Miss Marvel how adult storytelling is supposed to happen. But that being said, uh, we love the Simpsons over here. Any any creative group that collectively has the cojones to say, "Hey, studio audience and those watching home, give us a character. It's going to be your character that you created." And then they went on and killed that character in front of the audience for everybody to see for now and always those are my kinds of people so that's gonna wrap up the show for us steven thank you so so much for joining us bro you were an amazing guest i want this to officially to be your open invitation to come back and join us any damn time you want for any topic it does not have to be you don't have to slave away over the keyboard to justify your joining us we'd love to have you back anytime you were an amazing amazing guest bro it's been an absolute pleasure i'm gonna take you up on that i do want to say i haven't i didn't say this either of the two times i mentioned my instagram uh the circle is real one word across no no underscores no dashes the circle is real on instagram yep. if you guys want to give it a follow and, and i'll be running that yourself with the title of this episode there, oh, that's right. That works out. But you guys have been great. Thank you so much for having me. It really was a great time. I appreciate it very much. You know, I got. We say appreciate this, you back, brother. You, uh, you're a wonderful fiction writer, but you also tell the damn truth because we are great. Um, but again, everyone here, thank you for joining us. At this point, there's really only one thing left. Charlie, tell yes. the good people how we wrap up shit at U.S. Comics Cast. Well, first you gotta turn the power on. Then you gotta turn the volume up. Then you gotta tune Bad Marion. Open up the window wide and scream out into the night sky. Say, Miss Space Girl!